Excelsior, and welcome to episode two of We've Got Back Issues, and the second part of our deep dive into the pages of the first ten issues of what would become the first family of superhero comics, the Fantastic Four. So where were we? Do you remember Galactos? Well, where we left off, we just introduced the greatest supervillain of all time, Dr. Victor Von Doom. How do we follow that up? Well, obviously, a villain team-up. <laughs> yeah, two for one is always better than one for one. Exactly. So shall we just stick a sting in here and rejoin the Pastosses? Let's get on with it. See what they had to say. Meta. <laughs> Issue 6 is the classic, oh, well, in the first issue there was one baddie, in the second issue there's two baddies. So it's the first baddie team-up. Yeah. So they've brought in Submarine in issue 4, Doom in issue 5, and now we've got Doom and the and Submariner. Yep, double trouble. And they both want, they both want one to read for different reasons. Mm. One for hate, one for love. Yes, indeed. We we start with the, again the the Fantastic Four kind of like ambling about doing shit, yeah, and then we get reintroduced to the Baxter Building, uh, another cut cut out with a few more things on it, just to you know this they've uh, they've updated it a bit, added a few yeah. things. The Human Torch and uh, Sue are out and about, and they're just out and about, and this seems to be upsetting the New Yorkers. Yes, yeah, they I mean, just walking. I think Sue's out and about. I don't know, shopping or whatever. Yeah. And Johnny streams overhead and she's like, oh, Johnny's been out looking for Doctor Doom. As you do. Um, so I best go back to the Baxter building and I'll do it in a way, I'll turn invisible and I'll upset some some, lo- some locals in the process for no reason. And then uh, and then when I get back to the um, to the Baxter building, I'll do a bit where I show off the fact that we, that we have a secret special fast elevator and so on. And I, I have a, a light on my belt that opens the elevator. But yeah, she she just yeah, she just randomly turns invisible and scares the shit out of some New Yorkers. This is her thing. Yeah. Become invisible, scare some people. Mm. Her invisibility, because at this point she hasn't got any of her other super, super No, she can just turn invisible. She literally turns, she's got a binary power. She's visible or not visible. Yeah. It's not like she can even see invisible things. She just happens to be invisible and not invisible. Yeah, and it gives her no other ad- additional powers. At least, no. at least Johnny, he can fly. He can throw yeah. fireballs. He can. Well, he invents a new power every issue. But like, he can shape. He can. He can barber. You know, he's got all these powers. <laughs> he can do all sorts of things. Exactly. Um, the thing can get angry at will. Yeah, which is his main superpower. He's also incredibly strong. So like that's yes. That's like that's his power. He's he's, he's you know yeah. unbelievably um, strong and almost indestructible, or seems to be. Yeah, that gets uh, more and more complex as the series goes on. As with anything, the thing is. Yeah. Um, no, but it's not in a Superman way of oh he's this power this week, but he's going to be this power this week. Mm-hmm. It's more he the thing evolves through time. And he seems to be in an onward traje- trajectory of how he's going. And, and then reverts right back again. <laughs> but it's not one of these, uh, how strong is he this week? How strong do we need him to be this week? Yes, yeah, yeah. They've always kept, seemed to be keeping upper limits of him. 
Yes, that's, and that's always that's that's always happens in comics, doesn't it? That kind of ramping up business. We're we're reintroduced to the Baxter Building. We're reintroduced to everyone's powers. Yeah. So again, it's like, in case you haven't been keeping up, here's what they all do. Well, we're issue six now, so it seems to be every three issues we have a full recap. Yeah, I mean, the way that that Mister Fantastic shows off his power is that he reads a letter from a guy in hospital and then decides to stretch across the street to the hospital to say hello. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with anything, but it's there no. just to go, that's what Reed Richards does. And then yeah. we get the first um, first appearance of Yance, the Yancey Street Gang. Yep. Thing mentions that the uh, the Yancey Street Gang have been uh, giving him some... have been, have been like abusing him or something. And yeah. he bends a big chunk of steel in half and says tells them to deliver it to them and says that's what he'll do to yeah. them if he gets older more something like that yeah he basically does a threat to kill people <laughs> yeah <laughs> um by rolling them up yeah okay fine but at least he isn't smashing things right now no no he's not no he's behaving no. himself really this is th- this is the thing behaving himself yeah this is th- not thing gets angry this is thing gets annoyed yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut over to the, the Submariner's back and he seems to be frolicking with dolphins yeah he's just having a nice time yeah he's just in and out of the water with dolphins there's a boat watching the dolphins watching him frolic so he decides to attack the plane that's decided to fly overhead well uh, the, yeah I mean the plane kind of it does buzz him to be fair yeah but the boat's within like 10 foot of him yeah <laughs> But this 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 plane uh, wants to get his attention. Yeah, and he goes in to attack the plane that's the audacity to spy on him, mm-hmm. while the people with their cameras are going cleek. Yeah, yeah. and taking pictures of him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but this plane. Yep. Okay. Reasons. It's fine. So, uh, yeah, the submariner and Doctor Doom end up meeting. Yeah, because this plane is no norm, no ordinary plane. It's a aero sub, and it's being piloted by Doctor Doom. As you do, because he he knows that Submariner's back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Doctor Doom's basic basically his plan is to team up with the Submariner. Yeah, uh, and the plan doesn't seem to be much of a plan, other than we're going to team up, Submariner. Go go over and get them. I like the fact that the, the, the sub, sub before this, the Submariner takes Doctor Doom back to his gaff. Yeah. And they have a bit of a discussion there. And basically, the Submariner's like, nah, I've given up on that world domination shit. I can't be arsed <laughs> with that. And uh, and also, I quite fancy Sue, so yeah. I don't really want to destroy the Fantastic Four anymore. And then Doctor Doom just kind of goads him into it by going, "Aren't you still angry about the way they destroyed your uh, your civilization? Yeah. Aren't you still angry with the humans?" And he eventually goes, "Oh yeah, I am actually. Yeah, yeah I've little, forgotten about that. I'm a little miffed." Okay, all right, we will go and destroy the Fantastic Four, but not Sue. Yeah, is that all right? And he's like, "Yeah, let's go do that then." Yeah, that's all out. That'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, so the Submariner just turns up at the Baxter Building. Oh, but before that, we were introduced. We're introduced to Doctor Doom's new gadget. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't mention that. The grabber. Yeah, because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's just like a like a relay. Yeah. Baton. Yeah. 
that basically he can use magnetic power to make it come to him. Yeah, it just picks shit up. Yeah, yeah, it's got the most generic, um, yeah, you know, Ron Seal name. The grabber. What's that do? Well, it's really good at getting soft toys out of machines at the arcade. <laughs> yeah. I wish it were gra- that kind of thing. He, he could have used that. He could have done because he could have rinsed the machine out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that they that I mean, there's no reason for this at all, yeah. but they deconstruct it into its component parts and hide it inside Namor's belt. Yes. Not that that ever becomes an issue because Namor just kind of wanders into the Baxter building yeah. whilst uh, Johnny is going, Oh, Sue, you fancy Namor, you fancy Namor. <laughs> well, that is the little brother's job. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and, and apparently before he got there, he de- he put that grabber back together and lodged yeah. it somewhere in the Baxter building. Yeah. Yeah, the submarine ends up taking Sue away. Mm-hmm. And the next thing is the, the Baxter building is on its way to space. It is. Um, the whole building, on its own, goes into space. Also, um, and they, they, they've been at pains to mention this a couple of times, the Baxter building has normal inhabitants. Yes. It's not just got the Fantastic Four in it. Yeah. So do all those people just die? Well, one would hope that Reed's decided to seal the entire building with uh, science magic. Yeah. Uh, because otherwise, yeah, they're dead. Because <laughs> they all just got... Out into space. They all just went up into space. and Because you know one of them's going to open a window and see what's going on. <laughs> this is 60s Cause, New York. Because of the way it's drawn. like Because like, like, it seems that they kind of inhabit the top bit of the building, don't they? Yeah. But the way it's drawn, when it takes off, it looks like it's being root- uprooted from the uh, from the bottom. In fact, I think they say that the grabber is in the basement. Yeah. So it's the whole building. It's not just the top bit. No, it's the whole building. The, whole bit, the picture shows the whole building. So, yeah, that's, that's interesting. But they gloss over that fact. That's yeah. not important. No, 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 no. We don't need to know about that. No, that's fine. Um, that's fine. So we've got Doom then doing his postulating about how he's going to destroy the Fantastic Four to take over the world. And Namor. And Namor with them. Yeah, he's he's double-crossed him. He's yeah. basically saying, these five people are the only five people who could possibly stop my plans for world domination. Yeah. So by, by getting Namor on side, I've, uh, in effect, removed all of those pieces from the board. Yeah. So obviously, Submariner turns on Doom. Mm-hmm. And they have a little bit of an electrical smackdown. Yes. Um, at first, there's there's some fighting with the Submariner until yeah. they cut. I think Sue kind of goes, "No, no, stop being mean to him." Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they put him in a water tank, which makes yeah. him super powerful. And then he then he jumps out of a window and uh, <laughs> attacks uh, Doctor yeah. Doom in his bright pink rocket ship. <laughs> As you do. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? And then they have electrical smackdown. They do. Correct. Right. Yes. Doesn't really make sense, but well, apparently Namor can because he's got all the powers of sea creatures. Of all the sea creatures. Yeah, yeah. He gets the electric eel going, and then mm-hmm. Doom has forgotten to insulate his metal suit. Yes. That runs on electricity. It's um, quite. Yeah, it's quite stupid of him, really, isn't it? Yeah. It's... And then Doom ends up riding a meteor home. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well Doom just no Doom just disappears into space on the meteor. They never see him again. Well, they do. Yeah. We well spoilers. We do see him again. But at this point, he just kind of disappears, and they they assume he's just dis- you know he's lost in space. It just looks like he tries to ride a meteor like a horse. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's on, he's on this meteor like yeah, just kind of riding it like yeah, like he's on a horse. It's like Slim Pickens at the end of Doctor Strangelove riding the atomic bomb. Yeah, it says yeah, it says it says um, his high rate of speed carries him onto onto the course taken by the meteor swarm. Instinctively, he reaches out for support and frantically clutches to a speeding meteor. The rocky space wanderer streaks onwards, unmindful of its human rider, unmindful of its of the loneliness of its never-ending journey. For eternity is a long, long time, and Doctor Doom, who has coveted all of the Earth, now has all of eternity to scheme in a much larger domain, the universe itself. Well, he hasn't got eternity, he's still got a lifespan. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's more a uh, kind of over-the-top Stan Lee dialogue there. Yeah, Stanley's rhetoric uh, knows no bounds. <laughs> yeah, and then Submariner just goes home and goes, all oh, right, I've had enough. Yeah, and, like and, he did last time. And literally says he's less bitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, I've, I've had it, yeah, I'm fine. I'm going to go yeah. back to the to my uh, watery um, apartment. Yeah, I'm just going to go home. He has got a pretty swish watery apartment, though. It is quite nice. Well, wouldn't you if you're the Prince of Atlantis? Yeah, I mean, it's it's lovely, isn't it? It's this yeah. great big complex under the ocean with, you know, sofas and shit. It's, it's, it's really quite... some ammonite, um, some, sorry, nautiloids. Yeah, it's quite pleasant. Yeah. It's got, we we learn later it's got a telly. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's great. Yeah, and considering this is the first team-up issue, mm-hmm. effectively, of Marvel Comics. Yeah, I, I, would, I didn't know that for sure, but yeah, it's, yeah I would have thought yeah, so. Yeah, effectively, because... Um, you don't get any of the big supergroups turning up for a while. <laughs> Spider-Man issue one hasn't quite come out yet. So you haven't had Spider-Man engage him in the Fantastic Four. What about um, uh, Captain America and the original Human Torch? Oh, the Invaders. They yeah. That's, I'm talking about modern modern Marvel as opposed to uh, Marvel, all comics forever. Fair enough. I'm Fair talking enough. about the Marvel Age more. The the six one six, which is now being built, yeah. Because there's also remember there was the fifties uh, Captain America, mm. which kind of ruins all of Marvel continuity if you look at it too hard. Because <laughs> he he didn't get trapped in the ice and wake up in the sixties. Yeah, he was still fighting in the fifties. Mm. But apparently that was a different person. Retcons. <laughs> yeah, so I'm literally I'm just talking about the modern Marvel age. Yes, I get so. Yes, it is. Yes, I would agree with you. I mean, I, I don't know. Anyway, I'm not really big on Golden Age comics or Silver Age comics that much. Sure, it's very much your realm. So I will definitely defer to your. Uh... Well, we get we get the, most of them are in the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. because it seems to be that everyone comes visit the Fantastic Four and have a crossover. Then the Fantastic Four goes to any other comic. Well, the Fantastic Four are the superstars of the of the Marvel Universe, aren't yeah. they? They're, they're, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto this later, but they're they're interesting because they are not they haven't got secret identities. Yeah. They're they're just there. They're 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 big news, and they're part of the establishment in a way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you've got issue twenty six, the Avengers turn up, they fight, mm-hmm. they they stop fighting. Uh, issue twenty eight, the X Men turn up, they fight, they stop fighting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
the Hulk doesn't turn up until uh, I want to say issue twenty-five, but that's probably really wrong. And then Doctor Strange don't turn up for even later. Spider-Man turns up. Actually, Fantastic Four do turn up in Spider-Man's book, as opposed that's to right. the other way around. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, is it? Is it the first? Is it the first yeah. issue of Spider-Man? Yeah, issue one. Yeah, as a uh, Spider-Man being trapped by the Fantastic Four in the cover. Mm. Yes, that's right. But this is all part of the greater Marvel universe. Yes, yeah, this is where it starts happening. Um, it's this. It was like issue six of Fantastic Four. You can feel they're building something mm-hmm. because they're getting their villains interacting. There is a continuous plot. It's a shared universe. Yeah, and um, that's something that um, that Marvel do fantastically from this point onwards. Like their, their shared yeah. universe is so intertwined, yeah. much much more so than DC ever was. Because obviously they've only got one place they can start, and this is all they've got at the minute. Mm-hmm. But it's going to get to the time, isn't it? Where yeah. uh, start bringing in more characters because this relaunches Marvel mm-hmm. as a comic, as a superhero comic publisher. Yeah, they've still got the Western stuff going on. Yeah, they've still got Millie the Model hanging around. Um, but this run is where the Marvel superhero universe kicks in. Yeah. And actually, all the Western stuff and Millie the Model get dragged into this. Mm-hmm. So uh, the yeah. Royal High Kid ends up in the Avengers at one point. Like DC had tried it, like they had guest starring in each other's books. Yeah, and you've got the um, Justice Society, and you've got the Justice League, but it never felt like it was actually all happening at the same time. No, that changed with this, because mm. when DC decided to try and ape Marvel, that's when Mar- that's when DC started uh, having to realise that ah right, we should be having. Superman chase, uh, racing the Flash. Yeah. We should be having um, Batman crossing over with the Green Lantern and uh, having a party <laughs> that has ramifications in each other's books. Yes. And then we shall occasionally have a massive crisis where we just sit, reset everything. Ah, oh, that was the 80s, though. But the 80s <laughs> was special for everyone. <laughs> we, uh, that's, uh, that, that, both of those, Crisis Infinite Earths and Secret Wars, deserve their own podcast. Yes, well, I'm sure we'll get on yeah. to them. But let's get back to the FF. So, that leads us on nicely to issue seven. Um, yes. Now, there's nothing really in this one. This is <laughs> This is a really... This is like the first filler story we've got yeah. in the whole thing. Basically, you start off with the Fantastic Four recounting how shit they are in public. Yes. How they piss people off, how they can't do public speaking, all because they've been invited to a dinner in their honour. That's right. Uh, and that's how it starts. Yeah, although you do you do get this guy called Kurgo watching them on telly. Yeah. But he's he's an alien that whose planet is doomed because yeah. a giant meteor is going to hit it or something. This is where it all goes uh, Daily Earth stood still. Because mm. Gort turns up, does his classic yeah. Barada Nictar stuff. Pretty much. The dinner goes really badly. <laughs> it does, yeah. So they were all absolutely right. Yeah. Then they fight the robot. 
they they fight Kurgo. But the reason the reason the dinner goes badly is that the robot guy yeah. does something that turns everybody against them. Yes, it uses some kind of technology or power to make everyone hate them. Yeah, I think it's, I'm, I hate this issue so much that I was just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it goes badly. Robot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be honest, it could it could have just gone badly. It's again yeah. overwriting from Stan Lee. There was no reason for him to have this power to make the, everyone hate him. Yeah. But then the robot says, "Well, everybody on your planet hates you now, so why don't you come back to Planet X? Yeah. We'll cause... we'll offer you asylum on Planet X." And Reed goes, "Well, I can't think of anything better to do. No. So that's what they do. Well, puffing on a pipe." <laughs> Let's do yep. this, and they go. They go off to save Planet X. They do, yes. Where, where, where? Basically, Kurgo says that their planet is doomed, and they've they've inconveniently only ever bought built two spaceships in yeah. the time that they've had this uh, their massive uh, civilization because they've never really been interested in space exploration. Yeah. So this leads Reed to the obvious answer, which of is of course, all right, I'm going to militarize everyone. Then you can all fit on the two ships. Yes, I'm just going to invent. Um, reducing gas, as he calls it. Yeah, and I'm also going to do something with the doors of your ship, so as soon as they leave, everyone will come back up big again. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Although it later turns out that Reed's been a bit of a, a bit of a, a lying shit, because he says to Kurgo, "Right, what we do is we're going to miniaturize all of your people, and then yeah. um, you can all get on the spaceship. And when you get to the new planet you're going to live on, as you come out, you'll all grow big again." Yeah. Um. It turns out that it, it, that wasn't going to happen. They're all, they're all going to continue to be miniature forever. Yeah. Kurgo, the leader, decides that he wants to remain big and keep yeah. the rest of them small when he gets there. He wants to be king of the little people. But he becomes so distracted by this thought that he forgets to get on the spaceship. Yeah. I've wrote it down, he misses the boat. <laughs> He literally, <laughs> he literally just boat. misses it. There's no reason yeah. for him to miss it at all, apart no. from he's just become distracted by this idea. Yeah, and the planet gets hit. Big fireball, Fantastic Four, go home. It's ended. End of issue. And that, that's all that's really to be said. Apart from there's some really nice Kirby art in it and some really nice kind of spacey cosmic stuff, which is obviously he's fantastic at. Yeah. But it's Kirby. This, yeah. is, this is the first proper showcase of Kirby being Kirby. The whole Fantastic Four. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I earmarked a page. The one where they're, I think it's the beginning of part four, yeah. where they're like tumbling down this kind of um, beam that takes them down into uh, where Kurgo is. Yeah. Um, it's really great. Really fantastic. Yeah. It's like a teleportation beam or something. And you see the planet and how the planet works. And yeah, it's some really nice world-building stuff from, yeah. from just, for, on a throwaway issue as well. Yeah. You just get to see where Kirby's mind can go if left alone. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, even the design of Kurgo, it's like a weird, hairy, bulbous head thing. No, it's great. But apart from that, it is very much a filler story. Yeah. And it just happens. All resolved in the end. Doesn't yeah. lead into anything. And doesn't. no one really ever cares again. Yeah. I, I mean, I imagine they probably have been revisited because that's what Marvel does. But probably not for a long time. To be honest, I can't remember Kurgo ever being revisited. I think it's... he does get die on that planet. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe that's it. That brings us on nicely to issue eight. 
Indeed. Which is the introduction of the Puppet Master. It is the classic baddie, the Puppet Master. Well, this brings in, actually, a lot more moving forward of the Fantastic Four. It does. Bringing the Puppet Master, another long-standing villain. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to have, uh, you know, more than three villains in eight issues. Indeed. Um, Actually, I think we're on four now. Um, Actually, five. We're on five in seven issues. Yeah, what, Mole Man... Does the Magic Man come back, whatever it's called? Miracle Man? No, I, don't, I don't remember Miracle Man ever coming back. Um, and then, um, obviously, Doom and Namor. And Kurgo. Yeah, again, I don't think Kurgo comes back either. No. But this is the first one, next one that comes back. Yes. And it's and it's and and it brings in a new, a new character, a new long-standing character in, yes. in his uh, stepdaughter. Yeah, Alicia Masters, who's still there to this day. Indeed. And uh, recently married the thing. There we go. Whoa, spoilers. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it was it was like 800 issues later, but... <laughs> Are you telling me her second name is Masters? Yes. So the puppet Masters second name is Master. Masters, yes. Masters. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Philip Masters. Oh, Philip. So it's still P Masters, isn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. You can't really hide. Typical um, typical Stanley stuff there. Yeah. But <laughs> to be honest, that's the first time I've ever acknowledged that his name is Philip Masters, the puppet master. <laughs> <laughs> that's never, that's really never actually... It tweaked in my head before. Never crossed your mind. No, no, no. These things happen. It's like a friend of mine. Uh, when he turned out that I'd know, I know someone with exactly the same name as him, but never mentioned it to him. And I'd known him for twenty-five years at this point. It was when I graduated university. He'd come round from a graduation, as had um, my mum's long-standing friend, uh, who had exactly the same name as him, to the point that he made him get out his driving license to prove it because. <laughs> Obviously, if I knew someone who had the same name in it, I'd have mentioned that. Yeah. Well, uh, and I've just gone, it never occurred to me. Yeah, never thought yeah, about both it. Both exactly the same name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to comics. Anyway, back to the comics. Uh, so, yeah. So we have another another issue of the Fantastic Four that starts with the thing getting angry. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, because Reed is like working on something and uh, the rest of the Fantastic Four won't let him in the room. Yeah, because he's working on something secret. Yeah. So that makes the thing angry because it's secret. To the point that he picks up Sue in the air and looks like he's about to lob her across the room. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. But instead he puts her on top of a bookcase. (laughs) So she's out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they all have a bit of a a dust up. Thing gets annoyed. Um, Human Torch uses some fire on him. Reed gets out a fire extinguisher, turns him off, and then says, I explain why I didn't want you in my lab. The thing doesn't even have a chance to tell him. No. And he's going, and Reed can't understand. We're going, but, you know, it was a secret. I didn't want to tell you. He's angry, so he walks off. Yeah, and um, they send the invisible girl to... Invisibly talk to him. Invisibly follow him. Um, And then they... um, I think what what I noted was that... um, Reed is building something that they won't let Ben see. Everyone is a dick to him, but yeah. he's a prick right back at them, and so he leaves. Yeah. Sue follows them, f- 
follows him and the two of them assault some passers-by who show concern for Ben's mental health. Yes. Literally some nice people. Yeah, they just say, hey, who are you talking to? Are you crazy or something? So Sue invisibly kicks one up the backside. Yeah, she is. <laughs> and then Ben wraps the other one in a, in a lamppost. Yeah, for not knowing what's going on. No, these poor fellas. I mean, okay, they're being a bit mean. They're basically yeah. saying you're you're nuts. You are, but yeah. I mean, to, to the to then kick them up the backside and wrap a, a lamppost around them is a little bit of an overreaction. This is just a 1960s way of them showing concern. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're just saying, "Are you okay? Do you need some help?" Hey, buddy, you nuts. Do you need some help? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. But that inadvertent them shows some ma- makes uh, Sue come visible because she sees some man climbing up the bridge she does yeah someone looks like they're going to throw themselves off um the bridge uh brooklyn bridge or something yeah. similar well to be fair they don't know that he might have just been finding a different way to work absolutely we as the readers do get to find up that he's climbing up but he doesn't know why mm, yeah he hasn't he's got no idea why he's doing it but he's doing it so instead of doing anything immediately to try and help sue fires the uh fantastic four flare gun again yeah yeah, well, you know, four uh, four pairs of hands are better than two. Yeah, because I suppose super strength and becoming invisible isn't going to really help save a fella on top of a bridge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the torch can fly, so yeah. he's got... Reek can stretch up there. Exactly, those two are a bit more mobile. Yeah, but immediately uh, Torch thinks it must be from Sue, because he he seems to know everything. He knows who everything must be. Well, that... it's come from one of two people, hasn't it? Yeah. Let's face it. Well, you can never, you can never be sure with Reed. Yeah, <laughs> he could have things hiding <laughs> around, just firing off randomly. Um, so, from the Baxter Building, the Reed, uh, Reed decides to stretch his arm all the way over to the bridge that he's having to use binoculars to see. Yes, and it doesn't quite stretch far enough. No, it misses by about six foot. Yeah, this happens a few times, actually. I, I, I think it might have happened in a previous issue, or at least it happens in another issue, yeah. where he tries to stretch to something and he doesn't quite, he's not quite able to stretch far enough, yeah. so the rest have to do it for him. Yeah. Whereas he could have just used stretched his legs, walked out of the building, moved about six foot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would have made it, but that's logic. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine because um, the Human Torch goes and saves him. Yeah, but... That's where we find out it's a weird bald man who we saw in the cover. Yes, seeming to be flicking a man off a bridge with with a very a very interesting look. Yes, he's kind of got a very wide mouth and he's got kind of it's quite quite prominent eyelashes. Well, he's a strange looking fella. It's like they've gone. Oh, he's a puppet master. Should we make him look like a ventriloquist dummy? He does look a bit like that. Yeah, yeah, just without any hair. Yeah. So he's basically um, manipulating this man on a on a miniature version of the bridge. Yeah. And as he tries to flick the man off the bridge, he realises he gets burnt because the torch has already taken him away from the position he'd put him in. Yeah, we're not. I'm not quite sure how. I mean, we, we ter- it turns out that he's got possession of some kind of weird radioactive clay. Yeah. That allows him to make puppets of people and then manipulate them. Yeah. But. Some maybe there's some kind of feedback going on because he gets burnt off of the guy. Must be. Yeah. Let's just assume it is. Yeah. Why not? What else could it be? So yeah. So this calls in a blonde-haired girl into his room with all these dangling puppets. 
Mm-hmm. Father, I heard you cry out. What's wrong? Yes. And he just says, nothing. It's all right. Don't worry. He, about he goes, it. I'm not your father. I'm your stepfather, fuck's sake. And also, leave me alone. Yeah. You don't have to worry about me. I'm not really your dad. Yeah. Uh, and then, we, then he kind, we kind of have his origin story in a way, or at least he explains the clay. Yeah. And then he goes and shows him carving a, a thing. He car- yeah, carves a tiny little thing. And um, by placing the puppet in a replica of his of his own living room, it forces forces Ben to walk over there. Yeah, but all this time being followed by an invisible Sue. An invisible Sue who, like before, will be revealed by somebody very quickly yeah. because uh, before gas. it was a dog, but this time it's uh, Alicia, the, the daughter. Who can't uh, see her anyway. She can't. She can't see anybody, but she can sense presences in the room and senses a second person. I in can the room. sense another heartbeat. Yeah. Now I didn't know most blind people could do that. This is the Marvel universe. All yeah. blind people have got like superpowers, haven't they? Yeah, I suppose it makes all your senses so ramp up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's about. To, she's one step away from jumping out a window and hitting people. So he uses a gas yeah. to knock to knock her out, which makes her become visible again. Yep. Because she's unconscious, and then for some reason, it's it. She looks identical to Alicia, apparently. Apart from the hair's not good enough. Well, no, I mean, I, I don't think they look that similar. But 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 once he's done a makeover on his daughter, um, she looks exactly like um, Sue. This is the sixties. All women look the like, same, don't they? Yeah, exactly. You know, you just you know, you just change the hair color, hairstyle. Yeah. That was the only thing differentiating anybody. And he is the puppet master. He is he is adept at, at this kind of stuff. You know, he makes models, he makes um, yeah. dolls and stuff. So it's not completely unbelievable that he might do that. No. So he dresses her up. Mm. Uh, she's she then starts groping the thing's face. Yeah. Uh, and then he crushes a hammer because the, yes. the puppet master wants to see how strong he is. Yes, and, yeah. And the first but, thing you always do to test how strong people are, always see how many hammers they can crush. But it's where we it's it, we we get this this idea that Elisa can see the real man yeah. inside the thing. This is the first part of an ongoing thing with Ben, where he's a beauty on the inside, horrible on the outside. Yeah. But the problem is Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. For the first eight issues, all we've seen is he's a bastard on the inside <laughs> and really ugly on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's sometimes you feel sorry for him, but other times he just kicks off, and yeah. it's like, I'm not sure I should feel sorry for him. No, but yes, that the puppet master starts kicking off the rest of his plan by doing some more puppets uh, and having a what is it, a warden of the jail, uh, maneuvering him to pick up the keys out of his desk. Yeah, he he wants to make the warden release all the prisoners for some yeah. reason. I'm not entirely sure what that reason is. But um, not even now. This all involves him having models of knowing exactly where everything is. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like he can see into people's front rooms and into yeah. the, into buildings. He has like a mental map of everywhere. Fair enough if he could see through their eyes while he's controlling them. Yeah, but no, no, no. He's got to have a puppet set already set up. He can't make that on the fly. Maybe he did a bunch of um, a bunch of research previously. He went on a tour of the prison. He went, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he learned all this stuff, and he, he built studied all... at Warden School for five years. Precisely, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It, it, we don't know. We don't know what legwork he did beforehand. Yeah. 
so that all happens and the thing turns up back at the Fantastic Four and kicks off. At this point, they wouldn't even know he's being mind-controlled, surely, because he's turned up and had a fight. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, well, that's what he normally does. Yeah. So that's fine. And uh, so he does a flash, hits some random chemicals, and it turns him into uh, Ben again. Which it turns out was what Reed was working on. Yeah. Because Reed actually does feel guilty for what he's done to um, Ben, even though he never, ever expresses it. No. Oh, no, no. He, he doesn't. Well, not up to this point, anyway. Not at this point. No, so far he doesn't even mention it. Is it? No, but he clearly does because he's been developing a chemical that will help him return to normal. And it works, but it only works so long as it's wet. Once it dries and disappears, it, it goes back to normal. So uh, if you keep him moist, he can be Ben. But if, yeah. you, if you get dry him out, it's like the it's yeah it's it's like the Little Mermaid really. <laughs> I think it's Splash, but yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. If, if you keep keep him wet with this chemical, he'll stay he'll stay normal Ben forever. Yeah, just needs regularly dowsing with it. But this obviously releases him in from the Puppet Master's control because mm-hmm. he's only controlled the thing. He can't control Ben. No, he hasn't got a model of Ben. No, he's got a model of the thing. So uh, this then gets out the secret that the blind woman who can't see anyone else is is not the invisible woman. Something they could have worked out in thirty seconds later, anyway. Yeah, I mean, she she just basically just go, "Can anyone tell me where I am?" Yeah. And like, oh, well, you're clearly not Sue. And then we go on to part. We're already on part four. We've only gone through about five pages. And honestly, there's not a lot of story here, is there? In this no. one. It's it, but, but 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 at the same time, it is setting up an important character, which yeah. is Alicia. So and and the puppet master to a certain extent. To an extent, uh, yeah. Though he doesn't have a lot to do for the next three hundred issues. So puppet master starts his um his jailbreak. His jailbreak, yeah. And uh, forgetting that Sue might wake up at some point, it just mm-hmm. left her on the bench uh, on the. Uh, Shay's launch. The psychiatrist chair behind him. Yeah. yeah. And she immediately goes invisible, goes away, but creaky floorboards. Well, no, he uses um he uses a model of her and pinches her legs together, which makes her fall over. Oh, yeah, no, but he only knows she's escaped. Oh, yeah. She hears, yes. she hears the creaky floorboards. That's right, you're right. Then he yeah. pulls out his perfect uh, Sue Storm doll and crushes yeah. her legs together to make her trip up. But she still fires her flare gun, so that's fine. Yeah, because he never thought to take the flare gun off her. And she never thought to just fire the flare gun at him. So the Fantastic Four carry these flare guns with them all all the time. Yeah, in their skin tight uniforms. Yeah, I don't know where they are. No, it's best (laughs) never to ask. (laughs) But yeah, so they get get in the Fantastic Car again. The Fantastic Four obviously in the flare and run off and find out the Puppets Master's got a puppet robot. Well, this is where things start getting a bit bizarre. The puppet just yeah. keeps pulling out, um, and I think he says this about three times, my greatest puppet ever, my yeah. greatest puppet of all. So, yeah, he has a giant mentally controlled puppet. Yeah. So he can mentally control puppets now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Previously, I thought it was the clay, but yeah. now he mentally... He must have made these giant puppets out of the clay. Y- yeah, okay. Uh, or... A wizard did it. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't really... Under, previously, it made sense that this, this radioactive clay 
it allows him to manipulate people. But now he's building what looks like a giant metal puppet. Yeah. And he can mentally, he says, I'm, he calls it, he says it's a mentally controlled puppet. So yeah. I don't know how he mentally controls it, but he does. But it gets even more bizarre because another couple of pages later, he has a winged flying jet powered horse puppet. Yes. It, it really, I think... Which seems to have a raccoon's tail. Exactly, it has, yeah. It, yeah, um, Stan is playing fast and loose with um, <laughs> with, with the narrative here. Yeah. Okay, they, they give up on the Puppet Master and go, yeah, we better sort that jail up. Yeah. So that was probably the Puppet Master's plan all along. They have to go sort the jail. But it involves uh, Human Torch making new tunnels for the uh, for the prisoners to escape out of. Yeah. And uh, grabbing the warden and flying off again. Yes. Well, the thing just walks in and pushes a wall. He just tears a wall off. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously the Puppet Master gets away on his jet-propelled flying horse. Yeah. And yeah, so they, they have to go and stop the jailbreak, which they kind of sort out fairly quickly and fairly easily, to be well, honest. Reaches a new power of he can't be shot with bullets and fires them back at people. Yes, so now so now what he's, he's impervious to bullets now. Yeah. Because he's made of rubber. He yeah. can just fling them back at each other. So that's nice. That's yeah. nice. He's, he can't It's not a very good shot, though. He misses them all. Um, well, you may, well you may, it, thing is, though, if he, had, if he had killed them all, that wouldn't have been particularly heroic, would it? Yeah, but the Human Torch isn't really worried about sort of putting a giant fire in Inferno around a few of them. And uh, Sue, while invisible, just holds a gun to someone's face. <laughs> yes, although, I mean, I think Reed does say um, something along the lines of, um, I'll just relieve you of your weapons before somebody hurts themselves. So yeah. like, they are trying to prevent any unnecessary death. True. Uh, but yeah, the way they go about it seems very slapdash. And then that's the Fantastic Four's involvement in the Puppet Master's scheme. That's it. They don't yeah, do- I, I love the way this, I love the way this ends. This just then goes to the puppet master goes, well, actually, I'm going to make a puppet of myself dressed like a king. And therefore, I will be a king. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, that, that logic. Yep. Whereas he could have just done that in the first place. Well, yeah, just just like Doctor Doom could have gone yeah. back in the past in the first place by himself. Yeah. Wouldn't have had to do any of that business. Uh, we needed the Fantastic Four to be involved in this story. So yeah, that's how it happens. And then Alicia ends saves the day in this one. She just goes... No, you can't do that, right? That's mad. I'm not listening mm. to you no more. You keep telling me you're not your dad. I'm going to finally believe you're not my dad. And uh, takes the puppet, drops it, and then in trying to get the puppet, the puppet master trips over Alicia's arm and falls out a window. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it kind of gives the impression that maybe her dropping the puppet caused him to fall out the window. But she also trips over her arm. Yeah. So it's it's not clear... Because they say at the end, I want someone says, uh, "What happened, Reed?" I think it's yeah, it's um, it's what? Sue. What happened, Reed? What made the puppet master fall? And he replies, "I wonder if we'll ever really know." The end. No, that's it. So yeah, I mean, the puppet master just falls out of a window, and that's the end of him. Yeah. I mean, maybe not forever, but it's the end of him. No. End of issue. End of issue. Done. On to issue nine. On to issue nine, yes. Now, issue nine 
he's, this is another one with the Submariner. But this time he's watching his coral telly. I love this one. Because the coral concept is that the Fantastic Four have gone bankrupt. Yeah. And they can't... They, they basically have to sell everything up to in order to pay... Because Reed has been speculating on the stock market yeah. and lost all his money. All of their money. All the Fantastic Four's money. So... They have to sell all their inventions. They have to sell the Baxter building. The pogo planes are going, and they're already taking it apart. Yeah, so the pogo, pl- the pogo plane, like you said, like we, we've never seen it in use. Yeah. But it does appear that the thing is quite attached to it, because it gets make- quite angry yeah. when they're starting make- to take it apart. Sorry, makes thing angry. Yeah. This is, this is going to be one of those, like, uh, a wizard did it, or and yeah. they were never seen or heard from again. Yeah, uh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes thing angry, and yeah. And he, and uh, but basically they're like, no, no, we sold it to them. They they're to- totally entitled to uh, to do that. So he uh, he gets very pissed off and uh, swings the taxi cab round his head. Yeah, because the taxi cab won't let him in because he's too big. Is the thing. So I think also it's because he's heard that they got no money. Oh yes, and the flat broke. Yeah, but <laughs> but so that's a good reason to throw a. Throw a taxi in the air and ram it on a lamp post. Yeah, it's just causing criminal damage left, right, and centre. Yeah. It's, it's they're going to be even more bankrupt. These guys should be locked up. So he uses the flare this time to get a ride. Yeah, I love it how he just, <laughs> just storming off. Yeah, and he could kind of say as well, no one ever said I had to use it because I was in trouble. Yeah, I just used it to summon you, and now you can give me a ride over to my girlfriend's place. Yeah, so he goes over to Alicia's and. Uh, Tells her they're all bankrupt, at which point Reed seems to get an idea simultaneously across the room of, oh no, he gets a letter, doesn't he? He gets a letter from SM Studios about how they're going to make a film. That's going to make everything better. Yeah, Alicia Alicia convinces the thing that he's he's a, he's a nice guy deep down. Yeah, she's made a puppet of made a puppet of the White Knight that is apparently him. Yeah. And and kind of says, oh, but really, in, inside you you care about people, and he goes, oh yeah, I guess I do actually, don't I? Uh, okay, I'm going to go home and tell everybody I'm going to help. And yeah. meanwhile, yeah, Reed's got a letter from um, from Hollywood saying that he wants to, they want to make a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, so they're going to go off do it. This time, the thing's going to handle the money. Yeah, because Reed can't be trusted, and they hitchhike to New York to Hollywood yeah, from why New not? York. Yeah, as you do, of course. Why not? And then uh, a few days later, they turn up. Mm-hmm. A few days later. They've still got a fantastic car. Right. But a few days later. They, they must turn... have sold the fantastic car in the uh, in the meantime. Yeah. Because they have to hitchhike. Fair deuce. But they turn up in uh, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be a Hitchcock present. And some yes. other people I'm sure I'm should, I should recognise. Yeah, I'm sure they're all famous, aren't they? Like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Yeah, that's right. That yeah, could that be? And there's some others that are. I'm not sure if that's meant to be Jackie Gleason or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure if we looked this up, we could find yeah. out exactly who all these famous people are. But yeah, that yeah, you're right. That is Hitchcock. And they end up in the. They end up after going through this to a snooty receptionist. End up in the producer's studio, and then who turns round smoking a fag? It's a Submariner. Of course, it is. SM Studios. Yeah. Submariner Studios. There's a lot of smoking in these magazines. Well, I mean, this is the 60s. Everyone smokes. Yeah. So it recounts uh, how Submariner come up with this idea. 
and how he got his wealth in order to yeah. own a, a. He found it in a cave. He just he just finds loads of um, treasure from pirates yeah. and shit, and uh, therefore he's able to own this this studio. Yeah. And they kind of all just take him at his word. They're all kind of like, well, this seems a bit dodgy, but we need the money. So, okay. He seemed nice last time. He was on our side. Yeah, I guess so. So he he basically says, oh, we're going to make a movie and that'll sort your financial yeah. woes out. So they kind of go along with it. Um, Johnny immediately buys a car for some yes. reason. And then before he can hit some potholes, decides he's got the power of tarmacking. Again, again, in, in weird invented powers that he has. Yeah. yeah, why not? I think it's because Stanley or Jack Kirby did not understand physics. No, I, I think you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I just thought fire does all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fire. Fire melts stuff. It'll be fine. Yeah, either, either Jack drew it and Stan tried to explain it or Stan explained it and Kirby tried to make it make sense in art. I don't yeah. know which way round it was. Either way, because then you get Ben, he's he's uh, hanging out on Muscle Beach with all the muscle men, mm. so he decides to pick up all the muscle men, because they're annoying him, because he's gone to somewhere where there's people again, and people are annoying him. It's, it's weird, isn't it? He should just hide. Yes, it is weird, isn't it? That he, he just, he goes places where, public places, and then gets annoyed that people are bothering him. Yeah, because at least the Hulk went into the middle of the desert. Mm. And the people annoying him were the were people actually trying to annoy him, uh, but he just seems to get upset with people. Yeah, no, he does. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Submariner takes uh, Sue for a drink. He does, yeah, because he fancies her. And he, yeah. He, um, but he he also starts his movie. Yeah. Um, and he takes each individual member of the team except Sue, uh, to to film a scene. Yeah, and it all seems to be a bit Tropic Thunder. Mm. Uh, they're filming a real life scene in a real life place uh, with some very good stereotyping. Yeah, it's it turns out that he just wants to put them in a dangerous situation and then and then bugger off and hope they die. Yeah, because uh, you, you get a, a, a tribe that start making a magic potion for the Human Torch. Yep. While they're trying to wick a man in, so I was didn't know if it's a magic potion or they were creating gravy for him. They have a magic potion that means that they're they're um they're immune to fire, so he can't. Yeah. I don't really understand what the idea there is with Namor. It's like oh, so if I put him there, he can't use his fire powers to fight them. So eventually they'll kill him. I don't know. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. And they have they they leave Reed to be killed by a cyclops. Yeah. The torch gets another power of multiple torches. Yep, he can just multiply himself now. Yep. That's that's something he can do. Yeah. And then uh, the thing is just walking down the beach with Namor, and Namor decides to beat him up in the in the sea. Yeah, I mean this one this one's the one that makes the most sense because Namor gets his power from the sea. Yeah. So he takes him to the beach and has a fight with him in the surf, and almost defeats him, but then. The thing kind of realizes that's what he's doing and drags him up onto the shore. Yeah, and that's when the Namor hits him. I know he gets struck by lightning; doesn't get him. Hits him so hard he turns back into Ben, so the submariner can hit. Why him. does he get struck by lightning? Suddenly, as heavy thunder from darkness of the heavens, the thing is struck full force by a supercharged bolt of lightning. No reason. No reason at all. Just happens. Yeah, uh, and that turns him back into Ben for a while again. Yeah, so. Namor, having triumphed over the rest of Fantastic Four, 
literally says, I've triumphed over them. You're not, you're mine now, Sue. And <laughs> she doesn't take that wisely. She doesn't take that right. Uh, she, she's not happy with that. You shouldn't be triumphing over people. Yeah, although the way she... she like, he says, oh, well, no, I've, I've defeated all the, the rest of the Fantastic Four and therefore we and now we can be together and you'll be my bride. And yeah. she's... She's not angry that he's potentially killed all her friends. No. She's angry that he deceived them. Yeah. Oh, you lied to us. It's like, well, you also murdered them. Or at least that's what we're supposed to believe. Yeah. So she tells him to fuck off. Yeah, so he uses some more of his uh, sea beast powers. It gets a bit rapey. Yeah. He uses the electricity and his, uh, his uh, sea, sea vision. Uh, x-ray or not is it x-ray no n- radar vision yeah uh and uh yeah and then he kind of he's kind of it, it gets a little bit rapey and then and the um fantastic the, four turn up the rest turn up and stop yeah. him and then even though he's been a bit rapey sue gets in the way and stops from killing him and he just walks out into the sea once again he just walks off he does this he yeah. did this both both the previous times we've seen him he just goes yeah. oh okay fair enough you've beaten me yeah. fair cop See you later. Oh, well, I will release that movie and it will make you a load of money. So doesn't look bad. Thank you. Keeps going. But out of all this, the film was real. Yeah. Because it gets released and they make all their money again. Yeah. He says, I'm going to release the movie and it, and, and it makes yeah. them loads of money. So yeah. in a way, he has helped them. Yeah. Just uh, got a bit rapey in the middle. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just trying his luck. He's just an incel. <laughs> That's all he is. <laughs> Namor's an incel. He just it. wants Sue as his bride. Yeah, and he'll do anything to get there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if the best way of going about that is trying to murder her best friends. No. One would argue it's not. He's a very confused, ancient sea person, mutant. <laughs> we later find out, don't we, I think? Yeah, a lot, lot later. First mutant. He's just a very unusual character. He doesn't really get how... Human society works, I think. No, well, he is he's alien in that respect. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I really love that issue. And I, I really? really I, it's just fantastic that they just ran out of money. <laughs> and they had to find a way to get make more money. That has happened a few times throughout the Fantastic Four. Well, I'm sure, but this is the first yeah. time. Yeah, no, this is another theme that comes back. They did an entire series called Four which starts with them losing all their money and have to move into normal places. Oh, so they're not so fantastic. Yeah. Ah. Uh, it's just something they keep revisiting. So, issue 10. The return of Doctor Doom. What they've missed out there is again. Yeah, the second return of Doctor Doom. Yeah. Doom's back, but the cover is... Oh, oh. Doom seems to be fighting uh, three of the Fantastic Four, while Mr. Fantastic is the villain. Yeah. And you've got Lee and Kirby at the bottom, essentially hinting that they're going to appear in the comic. See, this is why I love this issue. It's great. It's very meta. Because this is Lee and Kirby, are vital to the plot. Mm -hmm. They wrote a plot where they're vital to the plot. I can't help but think it's either Stan's ego 
or they couldn't think of a way to get the plot moving. <laughs> I, I expect it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. They're writing these on quite a tight schedule. Yeah. Uh, they just need, you know, this went, well, what are we going to do? Um, uh, well, maybe we'll make part of the comic about writing the comic. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Right. It starts off again. They're, they're having some, ex- they're doing some experimentation. Yeah, it's all to do with working out Sue's powers. Yeah, see if she's got more than just on or off. Mm-hmm. So Reed ends up having a stretch to get something because they're locked in the lab because he's broke yeah. the nuclear lock and he's overstretched himself again. Uh, but, this but has no bearing on anything, no. by the way. They, they just... This is all just them getting out of the shop. Yeah, it's just so they can get out of the room. We have a whole yeah. page explaining how they get out of the room, yeah. which turns out that now it gives Johnny another new power. Look, I've learned something new. I can concentrate my flame so much that it burns without heat. Yes. The lock is open now. Okay. Is that how locks work? Well, maybe nuclear locks. Yeah, yeah. maybe nuclear locks do, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, they burst in on the thing having a bit of a private date. Well, she's showing him his miniatures. Yes. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, which she's she made some lovely models of all their villains. Which is a good showing of every villain they've met so far, yep. apart from Kurgo. So we've got that's true. Yeah, Kurgo's not there. Yeah. We've got five sitting there. Well, maybe it's because mm-hmm. he wasn't a villain. Yeah, yeah, maybe. At this point, Submariner is he a villain or is he just mm, an incel he's... rapist? You don't know. <laughs> he's a confused man, yeah. confused seaman. Yeah, he's lost all his people. He just wants some friends. He likes. Yeah, a girl. he's lonely. That's we've, all, we've all done weirder. No, we haven't. No, we haven't yeah. done weird things. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. And this so, is when we, we cut to Stan and Jack. Yeah. Uh, Jack's done a really weird drawing for a villain. Uh, yeah. Looks like they're wearing all of the novelty things from the uh, ads page. Yes, it's why he calls him False Face. Yeah. And then Doom turns up. Yeah, Doom turns up in the in the Marvel studio. Yeah, Marvel bullpen. Yeah. Yeah. Turns up and just goes, yeah, you're going to do this for me. Why? Why would we do that? Well, I'm going to show you my face. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. And then he demands that they call Reed over. And it turns out that Reed has been discussing stories with yeah. with those two for a while now. And basically, in the Marvel Universe, there is a Fantastic Four comic that is based on the actual um, yeah. exploits of the real Fantastic Four. See, the thing is, this does make sense because uh, both Stan and Jack are invited to Reed and Sue's wedding. And they get they get turned away by the bouncer because their name's not on the list. <laughs> Fantastic! You know, in an oversight, they just they don't get in, they don't get into the wedding, and that was actually recreated in the films as well. Mm. But only Stan was turned away. So yeah, he shows his diabolical plan to Stan and Jack, which involves them telling Reed to turn up so he can Who... gas him. Yeah, and he does, and he and yeah. he gets gassed. And then, then we're explained as to where Doom's been. Yeah, he seems to have been having a, a parlay in with the Eggmen. Yeah, yeah, the, the Ovoids. Yeah, yeah. He so when he's pissed off on his rock on his uh, yeah. meteor, he met the Ovoids, and they're like this kind of really advanced race who have kind of mental powers. Yeah. Um, but the thing he's most interested in is the fact that when they grow old they're able to transfer into new bodies. Yeah. So he learns this trick. He learns this trick and then travels back to Earth and swaps bodies with Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. 
So Mr. Fantastic and Doctor Doom swap places. Mm -hmm. Uh, They fight, obviously. Now, this must be upsetting to Doom because Doom's the most powerful one there is in his head and he gets beaten by himself as Reed Richards. Yeah. So his armour can't have been that fantastic. I suppose maybe he thinks, well, you know, because I'm controlling Mr. Fantastic, I defeated Mr. Fantastic in Doom in my body. Yeah, and it would appear that in the background, Stan and Jack have told the rest of the Fantastic Four what's happened. Yeah. Confessed the whole plan, and the Fantastic Four have turned up and start laying into Doom. Yes. Even though Doom is telling them, no, it's not me, it's him. Yes, that's right. Um, Yeah. And Reed is grinning like an evil maniac all the way through it. But still, (laughs) they'll go, no, no, you're Doom, you must be evil. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, and, and, and... So we've got Doom Reed and Reed Doom, and they believe that Doom Reed is the real Reed, and uh, they assist him in locking Doctor Doom, who is actually Reed Richards, in in a big glass bubble with only enough air to last a couple of days, although he doesn't tell them that. They all have a fault. They have a think about the fact that, uh, oh, oh, well, this is how I would do it. This is how I do it. Then Doom Reed... Basically, mm-hmm. he just goes, well, actually, I know there's some traps, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, actually, yes, I think he says, oh, we'll just put him in the... in." Wouldn't it be ironic if we locked him up in the cell that he was going to lock up, lock us up in? Yeah, I, I was I was, I was, pracing through the... through the between the lines. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, so they do that. And so they go back to their lab, go back to their place, the Baxter building, Mm-hmm. And uh, a load of little tiny animals seem to have got out of Reed's lab. Yeah, which seems to have no relation to anything in particular, yeah. apart from the fact that Reed, Doom Reed, yeah. has perfected Reed's earlier invention of the reducing gas into a reducing gun or whatever. And then goes on a really weird explanation as to why using this would improve everybody's powers. Yeah. Which involves dinosaurs. Yes. If they'd been smaller, their brains would have been bigger. And so, <laughs> yeah. They would have maybe still been here, rulers of the Earth. And we have a lovely picture, a lovely rendering yeah. of dinosaurs in spacesuits. Yeah. With with giant lasers over their shoulders or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, the the idea that if they, yeah, if they were smaller, their brains would have been bigger and therefore they would have uh, still been here today. And Is it something about if they shrink them and then bring them back? as regular size they'll be more powerful yes the idea that by shrinking them down their powers will be amplified and then they could make them big again and then they'll they'll come back with much more powerful powers so they're all on board with this they're like yeah that sounds that makes perfect sense let's definitely do that yeah they they, they're up for it until maniacal doom starts shrinking buckets yeah doom read doom Mm. It meanwhile was breaking out in the background. Yes, uh, using Doom's mask. Obviously, it wasn't that good. Yeah, some oxygen canisters and shit. Yeah, yeah. Science. He does science his way out. Yeah, but then uh, we cut back, and it would appear that uh, Alicia is uh, is knocking around. So, so yeah, Alicia's in for some reason. Read Doom Reed or Read Doom, Reed in Doom's body. Yeah, goes to Alicia's flat. I don't know why. 
Yeah. And for some reason, um, Sue's there and she yep. hits him over the head with a vase. Yep. And knocks him out. The rest of them fight until the thing is the one that realises it's Reed. Yeah, they, they, they start questioning it because they're about to shrink them down and then make them big again. But the, the actual plan, Doom's actual plan, is to shrink them into nothingness. Yeah. That wouldn't work. It's the microverse yet, but, you know. Yeah, precisely. I did think about that. But, you know, I suppose when this was written, that didn't exist. No. So, yeah, I think basically, I think it's because Doctor Doom, who's now tied up, as in Reed in Doctor Doom's body is tied yeah. up, tries to get involved and... Um, Doom in Reed's body trips him up. Yeah. And then it's like, I think the thing's like, well, he wouldn't do that. That's not the kind of thing that Reed would do. And yeah. the way he talks to him, the the words he uses and so on. And then Johnny invents a new power, which is heat mirages. Yes. So he somehow is able to make a piece of dynamite down on the street below appear in the lab. Yeah. In order to see what Doom and Reed do? Like a lot of this, it's best not thinking about it. <laughs> this is like this is the weirdly convoluted plot ever. It's just like and then they swap back because he's been found out, so he might as well have his own body back. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so, so basically the, the Um they, they they want to see what they do with a piece of dynamite and yeah. Doctor Doom, who is actually Reed, dives onto the dynamite and tries to defuse it, while while Reed, who is actually Doctor Doom, disappears up some pipes to get away. Yeah. So they go, oh, well, he's a coward. He's clearly... The real Reed would risk his life to save everybody. Yeah. And does. Well, I would. He'd risk everyone else's life. He normally would, yeah. That's more, yeah. more accurate, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and they swap back, and he gets shot with his own shrink ray. And they shrink him into nothingness. Yeah. So, in effect, he's dead. Oh, what a way to go, Sue says. Being melodramatic, yeah. as always. And that's the end of that. Yeah. But, of course, it's not. We know Doctor Doom will be back many, many times. For the next 50, 60 years. Yeah. He'll even get his own series at some point. Be classed as one of the greatest villains ever created. Well, he, he you know, he gets a lot more development, doesn't he? He does, yeah. <laughs> Lee and Kirby put a fantastic foundation down for the Fantastic Four. Mm. Like, yeah, you can tell where they're going with this, but you can tell they're struggling through this. Yeah. They've got no real plan. Sadly, they seem to up their game once they've got more work to do. Mm -hmm. While they're both working on like 12 titles simultaneously, they start producing their best stuff. Maybe that's got something to do with Stan having a little bit more, a little bit less of control as well. Maybe, yeah. Because he's got so many irons in the fire that he's probably just giving very simple outlines for issues, oh, and yeah. the the artists are filling it in, which is why you're getting a bit more. It gets a bit more kind of fantastical and so on, you know, with, yeah. with Kirby's art and so on. Oh God! I mean, the same goes for other titles. Yeah, because we we literally like this is the pretty much the first year of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. We are only a few issues away from where it becomes truly great. Yeah. And that is when they start bringing in other elements of the Marvel world. 
this is when all of the characters that you've seen in films and TV, you know the names of, just start popping up left, right, and center. The characters that have gone on, that have been created through this comic alone, that mm-hmm. have had fundamental impacts on the rest of the Marvel world, it's innumerable. Because mm-hmm. we've got Galactus and Silver Surfer to come. Of we've course, got Black yeah. Panther. We've even got Molecule Man. We've got Diablo. We've got Mad Thinker. Uh, we've got Uatu. Oh, of course, yeah, the Watcher. Yeah. We've got all of this to come. Mm. Not only expanding on the Kree Scroll Wars. Yeah. Galactus keeps finding new ways of doing things. We've even got a Mephisto coming up. We've got all sorts. It's They're all here. It's just we're not there yet. No, I think this, these ten issues are a, a, a great foundation for what comes after. And I can imagine at the time they were absolutely unlike any other comic on the newsstands. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they, they're a dysfunctional family. Yeah. You know, the superheroes of DC all knew what they were doing. They all worked together well. They all had everything down. They were adults. They yeah. were sensible. These four are constantly each, at each other's throats, yeah. constantly fucking up, but just kind of muddling along. And yeah, what, like you said, someone leaves every bloody week. Because that leads me to quickly, like, there have been some exceptionally famous people who have written into the letters pages. Uh, one of them in issue nine was Paul Gambaccini, uh, the Radio 1 DJ. And his letter is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would like to think that Stan and Jack started taking this into into account because he's written, Dear Editor, I have tried to hold back for months, but I can't do it. My hatred of your mags has caused me to write. Your letters column is stupid, with asinine replies to only laudatory letters. Artwork is horrible. Your heroes are lily-lily with obvious faking of emotions. When you're dealing with human emotions, you have to be serious about it. The so-called heroes who act like real people... If so, I pity the human race, are fighting the greatest menace to mankind in each story, and they're too good to be realistic. Paul Gambaccini, Westport, Connecticut. <laughs> Dan's reply is, well, like Paul says, we only print the flattering letters, huh? <laughs> so we still get... He didn't deny this, the asinine comments. Uh Oh, it's nice. It's nice that, uh, yeah, they yeah. printed it, yeah. But I think that's a very good summation of where the Fantastic Four is at right at this second. Because we've mentioned it a few times. They're psychopaths. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're not They're not nice people. I mean, I mean Sue's no. nice, but that's because she's yeah. redundant. She doesn't do anything. But, but yeah, the other three can be cro- proper dickheads. Yeah, a lot of the time. They're just, they're angry all the time. They're all running away, or in Reed's case, they're a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Or a sociopath, even better. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, we're going to do this. Why are we going to do that? Just doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, science reasons. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Not, having not read this before, I was surprised at what. I mean, I know, I know that Reed's got a reputation as being a bit of a bastard. Yeah. But. He was he's so brash and impulsive and kind of self righteous. It's like 
everyone will express their opinion and then Reed will go, but your opinions don't matter because my opinion is. Yep. And that's it, you know. Ben is probably the only relatable character in that he's got a kind of tragic kind of problem with his powers that he he can't turn them off. He's always going to be this big rock guy and it's ruined his life. Yeah. But occasionally he starts acting like an aggressive meathead. Yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of work to be done to make these people relatable and likeable. Yeah. But that starts happening from, like, issue 11 onwards. Mm, So we're almost there, yeah. 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 But this is how the this is how the Marvel Universe started. Absolutely, this yeah. is the introduction to it. There's no point starting at issue eleven because no, you don't see course. where it comes from. No, and it's wonderful. I've really enjoyed reading it. Oh, I thoroughly recommend reading the rest of it. There <laughs> yeah, are what, some there are some rubbish bits in some the the other five hundred six hundred seven hundred eight hundred issues. I think, I think we're only on seven hundred odd in total. <laughs> um, I recommend it because. After this, you start getting the broadening of... Because there's more titles coming out. Mm-hmm. You've got the crossover more, because this is like the crux title. Between this and the Avengers, they're like the cruxes. Yes. Because the X-Men get forgotten about really quickly. Mm-hmm. And after about issue 60, they're just reprints. And they seem very much out on their own, the X-Men. They seem separate yeah. to everything else. Although they do turn up in issue 28 of the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very good issues. It was one of the first uh, Silver Age comics I ever... Oh, it is the first Silver Age comic I ever got. All right. But then Stan left after... What is it? Was it Stan and Jack left at the same time? It's around issue... Jack left at issue 102. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of his art appeared in issue 108, but that's because it was an unfinished story. Uh, the whole story got released sometime about 10 years ago in its entirety. But then... It moves on. And then we get to the point around the 200s where John Byrne takes over. Yeah. Oh, then it's a story. <laughs> well, yeah, John Byrne of, of the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. But the John, John Byrne's Fantastic Four is brilliant. Well, maybe maybe a future episode. Yeah. Well, one day I'd love to cover the, uh, the Galactus arc. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, know, I, know that the, I know that the... Um, the Fantastic Four are a particular favourite of yours, so oh, it's yeah. great to great to start this podcast with yeah. that. Well, if you're going to start somewhere, start at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everything else, all modern comics, come on this. Uh, this is the foundation of all of it. Because without this, without Marvel taking off, without Marvel becoming a proper entity in its own, DC wouldn't follow. Mm. And comics wouldn't be the same. So there we have it. Uh, Finally, all ten of the first issues of the Fantastic Four. So do you agree that this was where the comics as we know it began? Or do you have different views yourself? Do you agree uh, or disagree, which would be wrong of you, that Doctor Doom, in his auspicious introduction list, was the greatest villain over all time? Do you think that using the same villains over and over again for nearly ten issues was the best way to go? Do you think that this could be bettered or worsed? 
worsened, even, uh, to use English. <laughs> now, this will be what you'll be able to tell in our next exciting episode, where we go from the birth of modern comics to what was possibly the beginning of the end of modern comics, with the death of Superman. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the death of Superman. Uh, just the first bit, mind. Just the first story arc. The Doomsday story arc. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think we've, we're old, we've got enough life left in us to do Reign of the Superman. No, no. So if, if you guys want to read along at home or get it read before we release our, our second part, well, third podcast, sorry, in about a month's time, you go ahead. It won't take you too long. The last few issues are just people hitting each other. Yeah, there's a lot of big pictures. Spoilers. <laughs> so yeah, once again, thanks to uh, the Vidi Printer for our excellent music and stings and Will Not Compute for making our confused vision of a logo a reality. Totally geniuses indeed and thanks everyone for listening uh please if you like the show and want to support us do that liking subscribing sharing shit yes please do uh it all helps we want to get our, our listeners into double figures one day that would be fantastic wouldn't it that would be the dream right well until next time excelsior tube believers <laughs> excelsior we are back Yeah,